Hey guys, this is Pastor Marcus Kelly from the exciting Grace Baptist Church right there in Highway 45 between Jackson and Henderson, Tennessee. Man, I am so grateful to be with you guys for our Wednesday night Bible study, man. Before we get started, I want to share a couple things with you. Uh, first of all, you can get the notes for this Bible study right there at gracebaptistfamily.com, Grace at Home. Uh, you can literally download a copy of the notes, print them off, whatever you need to do uh, so that you can follow along with this Bible study. I also want to remind you guys that coming up this Sunday, we're going to have our Palm Sunday drive-in service there at Grace. You know, this last Sunday, we had our drive-in service, and uh, and it was just awesome being with all you guys. And so be sure to invite your friends and family to come join us this Sunday. You know, we learned some things. We never did a drive-in service before. So we learned some things, and we're going to do some things, man. We're just praying that as we come together, that God will bless that time. This Sunday, drive-in service from at 8.30 and at 10.30. You come and join us. And then don't forget for Easter, we're going to do a community-wide drive-in service right there at the Chester County High School parking lot. And so we're just going to have an awesome time of celebrating our risen Lord and Savior right there at the Chester County High School parking lot Easter Sunday. So you invite your friends and family to join us for that as well. But again, we're so grateful to be with you guys. If you've got your Bible, turn to Psalm chapter number Nine, Psalm chapter number nine. Now, just the fact that we're doing this this way tonight is just another reminder that our normal rhythms, man, our normal, that just the way we've been doing things has been completely interrupted, right? And there's tension. There's tension everywhere you go, right? Now, like you see people and you're like, hi, and you're trying to maintain your social distance and we don't shake hands and we don't get too close. And I mean, just everything is so tense and so weird right now. Events are canceled, right? Church services are online or in drive-in services. Sports are canceled. People have been laid off. Some people are working from home. Some of you have got your kids home for an extended period of time, maybe for the first time ever. And right now you're thinking, I could trade one of my kids just for a thing of hand sanitizer. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? And so uh, a lot of us are under a lot of stress. I don't know what you're going through right now, but life is not normal right now, is it? Life just isn't normal. So many people are going through hard times. So much pain, so much uncertainty, so many people uh, that are, the bills are mounting and your marriage maybe is struggling, right? And we have become like never before an anxiety society. An anxiety society. This study tonight is for any of you. Maybe you feel some anxiety, man. You catch yourself feeling anxious. You feel alone. Maybe you've been consumed with fear, man, because there's a lot going on right now. You know, when someone is going through a hard time, it's easy to say, and you'll hear preachers, and people, we say it all the time, hey, brother, just trust in the Lord. Just trust in the Lord, right? Somebody's like, oh, man, I'm stressing out all this. Hey, man, just, just trust in God. It's easy to say, isn't it? But if we're honest, man, we might go, well, how? How do you do that? All right. You'd say, just trust in the Lord. How do I just trust in the Lord? How do I just trust in the Lord when I'm not getting a paycheck next week? How do I just trust in the Lord when the, when the, I have no money for the bills that are about to come in? How do I trust in the Lord when one of my loved ones sick, man? And right now is not the time to be sick. How do I trust in the Lord when my children at home and we're trying to figure everything out? How does it work? See, it's just easy to say, 
But often we don't understand how to do it. It's a lot like surgery. Now, if um, you, do you know the difference between a minor surgery and a major surgery? A minor surgery is anyone that you're having. A major surgery is any surgery that I'm having. You understand the difference, right? It's really easy to tell somebody else, hey, man, don't worry about it. Just trust in the Lord. But when you don't have a paycheck, maybe you're struggling with depression, you've got anxiety, you feel all alone. How do you trust God in moments like that? How do you trust God at a time like that? Now, one of my favorite places to go uh, is in the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms, man, is just wonderful. And I'm praying as we look at, we're just going to look at a couple of Psalms. We're kind of detouring from our regular Bible study. But as we look at a couple of Psalms uh, tonight, I'm hoping that it will encourage you very practically and that spiritually that you'll learn to truly trust in God and you'll understand exactly what that means. So I'm going to start in Psalm chapter 9. Let's look at verse number 9. Psalm 9 and verse 9 says, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble, and those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. <coughs> Excuse me. Those who know your name trust you. It makes sense because you're not going to trust somebody that you don't know. I mean, if you don't know somebody's name, how much are you really even going to trust them? Not much. Let me ask you, what's God's name? What do you call God? How do you refer to God? I heard a preacher talking about this recently, and it really stuck with me and blessed me. He said this, look at this next slide. He said, what you call someone tells a lot about that relationship. What you call somebody says a lot about that relationship. It reveals the depth and the level of intimacy that you have with somebody uh, by how you use their name. For example, what you call me might determine really how well we know each other. Look at this next slide. If you just call me Marcus Kelly, like you're like Mr. Marcus Kelly. I mean, you said you maybe you're a telemarketer trying to sell me something. Maybe you're a banker or maybe you're the nurse calling me back to see the doctor. Marcus Kelly, right? Something like that. But if you call me Marcus Kelly, you probably don't know me very well. Look at this next one. If you call me Pastor Marcus, well, that means you know something about me, right? You, at least you know uh, kind of who I am. Maybe you're a part of our church family, man, and we love you guys, and we really miss you guys very much. But, you know, if you call me Pastor Marcus, at least, you know, you acknowledge, you know, in, I'm in the ministry, maybe you're showing some respect or whatever it is. But at the very least, if you call me Pastor Marcus, you know what I do for a living. But there's another level. Look at this next one. If you call me Marcus... Like, hey, Marcus, that probably means that we've been friends for some time. You know me better than someone who calls me Marcus Kelly, Mr. Marcus Kelly. It means we're probably pretty good friends. It's informal. We've known each other for a long time. We're, you know, we're probably good friends if you call me Marcus. But then there's another level. Look at this next one. But if you call me Daddy, if you call me Daddy, then that's a whole nother thing. Altogether, there's only two people on this planet, other than Alicia, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Uh, there's only two people in the whole world that call me daddy. And if you call me daddy, that means I have probably read you hundreds of bedtime stories, right? I have uh, probably hugged you more times than anybody alive on this planet, other than Alicia. 
It means uh, uh, that you are uh, my child. You are part of my team, right? Most of you out there, you're not going to call me daddy. You're just not going to do it. It means you're family. It means we're home team. See, what you call somebody says something about the relationship. What you call somebody says something about the nature of that relationship. Who is God to you? What do you call God? A lot of people may call God the, the big guy in the sky, the old man upstairs. Listen, I just want to encourage you, man. If you call God the, the big guy in the sky, the old man upstairs, you probably don't know him that well. You may be lying to yourself and saying that you do, but you don't. That's not who he is. You don't know him very well. Je Listen, Jesus, one time he referred to God the Father as Abba. Father, it's Aramaic, it means daddy, it means papa, right? It's intimacy, it means father. That reflected the intimacy of their relationship, Abba, father. And how we see God is a reflection of our relationship with God. Do you see God as Abba, father, daddy, father? Look again at Psalm 9 verse 10. It says this, and those who know your name will put their trust in you. And those who know your name will put their trust in you in you. Now, how do you grow in trust in God? You get to know his character. You get to know who he really is. You understand how to see him and how to relate to him. So in the Psalms, I want to show you and I want to talk about some of the attributes of God that maybe you haven't thought about recently so that you can really know who he is. So when you say God's name, it means something to you, not the big guy in the sky, the old man upstairs. Now this verse right here, look at Psalm 22 verse 19. This is one of David's prophetic Psalms. He says, but you, O Lord, do not be far from me. He says, oh, my strength, hasten to help me. Who are you, God? My strength. You are my strength. Matter of fact, write this down. If you're taking notes, write this down. When you are weak, God is strong. When you're weak, God is strong. Paul said in the New Testament that whenever you're weak, whenever you don't have enough of your own strength, whenever you're vulnerable, whenever you're hurting, that God's strength is made perfect in you. Look at 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. He said, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. In other words, every time you're, you, you have a weakness, you also have an opportunity to experience God's strength, God's power, God's presence. God, uh, uh, you can give God your weakness and he will give you his strength. Now, who is God? God is your strength. Uh, have you ever, like if you've ever worked out, like seriously worked out and lifted like a lot of weights, and if you got a good spotter, what they'll do for you, especially if you're trying to get that last rep out, as you're busting out that last rep, they'll reach down and they'll apply just enough to help you to get through the range of motion, right? They'll help you out. And then maybe you'll get another rep and another rep. But at some point, you get to the end of your strength, right? And you just can't go any further, right? And what do they do? They pick that weight up and set it on the bar for you. You're at the end of your strength, right? That's exactly who God is for us. Man, even when we've got nothing left in the tank, nothing to give, nothing to offer, we're completely weak. God is our strength. When you get to the end of yours, it's not even the beginning of his. When you're weak, God is strong. David also said this in another Psalm, in Psalm 31, 5, he said, into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful 
God. God is faithful. The problem is there are very few things in life that are actually faithful. You know, most people will let you down. People will eventually. We all let each other down eventually because we're humans. Circumstances will disappoint you. The economy is going to let you down. There are times where you're going to let yourself down. Some of you, you've been on quarantine, man. You've been social distancing. You've been home and you're like me, man. I've been super busy, but guess what? I've been eating like I'm on vacation. <laughs> so I'm disappointed with myself. I'm eating too much. We let ourselves down. Write this down. Even when we are faithless, God is faithful. Even when we let God down, he will never ever let us down. And I don't know about you, man, but I've let God down before. Haven't you? I've failed God too many times to count, but my faithlessness has never equaled God being faithless to me. Who is God? He is your faithful God. His word is true. He's always faithful in every single way. When you are weak, God is strong. When you are faithless, God is faithful. Full. David says in another Psalm, Psalm 65, verse 5, he says, By awesome deeds and righteousness, you will answer us, O God of our salvation. He says right here, he says, You who are the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of the far off seas. He says, You are the confidence of all the ends of the earth. So how good is this? Write this down. When we aren't sure, God is our confidence. When we have doubts, God is our hope. He is our confidence. He is our hope. In other words, our hope is not in a person. It's not in a leader. It's not in a government. It's not in a system. It's not even in medicine. Our hope is in the all-powerful, ever-present, all-knowing God who spoke creation into existence. Our hope is in God. Matter of fact, Isaiah said this in the Old Testament, Isaiah 40, verse 31, he says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Who is God? He's our strength. He is our help. He is our hope. But look at this one. Psalm 75 verse 1 says, We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your wondrous works declared that your name is near. Your name is near. Write this down. Even when we drift, God is near. Even when we drift, God is near. I'm thankful for a God who's always near. God is not far off, distant, uncaring, just letting things happen. He's our loving, caring, compassionate God who's always near and he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. That's my God. My God is always with me. My God has always comforted me. My God is always strengthening me. My God is my confidence. My God is always near. I mean, who is God to you? David said this in Psalm 86, verse 5. He says, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. God is good. Write this down. Even when we're bad, God is good. Even when we are bad, God is good. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. God is so good. God is ready to forgive and he's abundant in mercy. And that's good news. God, listen, God is good and faithful when you're healthy. And God is good and faithful when you're sick. God is good and faithful when you've got a job. And God is good and faithful when you are unemployed. God is good and faithful when your marriage is going good. God is good and faithful even when your marriage isn't going so good. Our circumstances do not change the faithfulness of God. 
I mean, God is good. And so many of you, you know that it's true. If you're watching right now, why don't you just type amen in the comment section right now so that you can witness and you can testify to the goodness of God. If you know that God is good, type amen in the comment section right now. Give God the glory for how good he is. He's proven it to us again and again. And scripture teaches that if we confess our sin, God is faithful. He is just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Our God is good and he is so good. And God isn't just ready to forgive. He is so ready to forgive, right? He is so loving and love isn't something that he does. It's just who he is. God loves us because it's his nature, man. God is love. Do you know him? Do you know him like that? Do you really know who God is? Now, this last psalm we're going to look at, it's actually the last psalm in the book of Psalms. Look at Psalm 118 and verse 28. It says, you are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. There it is again, for his mercy endures forever. Can you say that about God? Can you say this? Look at this next slide. Can you say this? God is my God. Is that true for you? Is that true in your life? Right? Can you really say God is my God? See, for some people, God isn't their God. Some people walked in out and shook a preacher's hand. It was the preacher's God, but they never, they never really made it their God. Some of you claim to be Christians, but it was your mama's God, but it's not really your God. Some of you are claiming to be Christians and it was your grandparents' God, but it's not really your God. You're kind of Christian the same way that you were American. You just feel like you were born into it. The only problem is it just doesn't work like that. God is my God. You have to call on God for yourself and he'll not be some distant far off God who won't listen. God will draw near. If you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. When you call on him for yourself, he will change you and redeem you. So let me ask you, do you feel anxious today? Do you have uh, anxieties? Are you hurting? Are you afraid? Do you feel like you're all alone? Call out on God because he is our good, good God. You can cast all your cares upon him because he cares about you, man, because our God is a loving God. God is your strength. God is your faith. God is your confidence. God is good. God is near. And if you want him, God is yours. If he's not yours, he can be. All you got to do is simply acknowledge the fact what his word says, that you're a sinner, man, that you're sin, that you sin. Remember we talked about it a minute ago, we talked about being lit down, how people let us down, circumstances let us down, and we even let ourselves down. And we know that none of us are perfect. We all fall short of the glory of God. And because of the fact that we're not perfect, man, we need a perfect Savior. And Jesus, not like us, he came, born of a virgin, lived that perfect, sinless life, went to the cross, died on the cross, three days later, resurrected from the dead in might and power and glory so that he could forgive anyone of their sins who would call on his name. I want to encourage you, call on his name, man. Simply just acknowledge, God, I'm a sinner but I repent, I turn from my sin, and I'm turning to Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Man, you pray a prayer like that, God will hear, God will answer, and he will draw near, man, and he will forgive you because he is our good, good God. 
Listen, guys, I hope that our study tonight has been a blessing for you. Don't forget, you can go to gracebaptistfamily.com, Grace at Home, and get the notes for this. Also, we'll be linking uh, all of our children's videos and our student videos for this week will be found right there. And we'll also post them in the comments of this video. But I just pray whatever you're going through right now, that you know God and you know who he is and your confidence is in him. Let me pray for us and then we'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for being good. Thank you for being our confidence. Thank you for loving us when we're so unloving. Thank you for being our hope. God, thank you for everything that you've given us. Lord, I just pray for everyone who's watching. God, as we come together and pray together that you'll minister to our hearts, Lord, and you'll calm anxieties and fears. And Lord, help us to be the people that you have called us to be, that we'll walk in faith and not in fear. Lord, we love you so much. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray and amen. Listen, guys, I hope you have a great rest of the week. I hope to see you Sunday morning as we do our Palm Sunday drive-in worship services this Sunday, 8.30 and 10.30. Listen, God bless you guys.